I have 10 running backs you should be looking to target through the end of your draft. I also have a few deep sleepers we're going to talk about as well. Let's go ahead and get right into it. Welcome back in. Welcome back in. Let's go ahead and get right into it. So starting off the list, would there really be a list if I didn't talk about Tony Pollard? So Tony Pollard right now is coming off the board at RB32 or 83rd overall. Last year, he averaged 11 touches per game with 719 rushing yards, 337 receiving yards, and two touchdowns. He was first in yards per out run, third in breakaway run rate. Sixth in yards created per touch. Through training camp already, there's been a lot of conversations about how he's going to be more involved in the passing game this year. This could be a little bit more uh, closer of a split than what we might think. Maybe this gets like a 60-40, possibly 65-35 type split. But as long as he maintains, I think, in this 11-13 to 13 touch range, I think he's probably seen him see more targets this year. Uh, he was terrific as a pass catcher last year, super explosive. And look, look, the, the Cowboys just don't have a ton of uh, pass catching weapons as well. James Washington's already went down with injury. C.D. Lamb, Jalen Tolbert. You know, they're, they're a third-round pick this year. But with Amari Cooper gone, you know, I think they're going to need to utilize the running backs even more this year. And Tony Pollard pr- proved to be an excellent pass catcher. So I, I think that Tony Pollard is just an excellent value at RB32. I think even, even just taking him there, that's probably his floor. And we all know if Zeke Elliott were to go down, then, you know, you have a absolute golden ticket in your hand with Tony Pollard. So uh, let's keep it moving here. Let's move on to Chase Edmonds. RB33, 93rd overall. Uh, Last year, he averaged 13 touches per game, 592 rushing yards, 311 receiving yards, and two touchdowns. He was also 9th in yards per route run, 11th in breakaway run rate, and 20th in yards created per touch. Uh, He's likely going to be the lead back here. Now, listen, this is going to be a committee. Guys like Sonny Michel and Raheem Mostert are going to mix in, but I think Chase Edmonds ended up being the pass catching back here. But I think overall, I think you're probably looking at 13 to 15 touches per game for Chase Edmonds. And what should be a more improved offense, and not to mentioned that you know the, the Dolphins do have the third easiest running back schedule for running backs this year so that is a positive but you know in PPR formats it's just an absolute steal for a guy that has this kind of opportunity in the passing game as well as you know, I, you know, on the ground. So, you know, Raheem Mostert's been a guy who's never really been able to stay healthy. And so I just feel like Chase Edmonds is, is a pretty easy pick here at 93rd overall. Ramondre Stevenson has been getting a ton of buzz in camp. Right now being drafted RB38, 108th overall. You compare that to Damian Harris, who is currently coming off the board at RB27 or 61st overall. And that, I mean, that is a massive gap between the two of them. And, and I think it was possible he takes over this backfield. Last year, he averaged 12.3 carries per game, pretty much 11.1 one carries and 1.2 receptions per game. He was 15th in yards created per touch, fourth in juke rate, and 31st in red zone touches last year. You know, and if you look at some of the reports we had this offseason, Greg Rosenthal reported that the Patriots are going to be moving to more of a zone scheme with McDaniels that now moving on to Las Vegas. And I think that's actually great news for somebody like Ramondre Stevenson. I think it's a better fit for a zone uh, zone scheme where Damian Harris is not. It just leads more to the fact that, you know, he could be taking over this backfield. And I think there's also you know, Pierre Strong is another name to monitor here. Is possibly the pass catching back here in this offense. You know, especially if James White you know starts the year on the pup. I am out on Damian Harris at his current ADP, RB twenty seven, almost sixty first overall. Get out of here with that. Just save that. Just don't take Damian Harris. Take from Andre Stevenson a little bit later, and I, I think you'll be happy with that result. So let's keep it moving here and let's talk about James Cook. You know, he was somebody that I was kind of on the fence on because there was a ton of buzz surrounding him. I thought he was actually probably going to go higher than what he's currently going right now in drafts. 
RB40 or 112th overall. This is, a, you know, a, obviously a rookie running back, was drafted in the second round by the Buffalo Bills, 5'11", 199, had 728 rushing yards, 27 receptions for 284 receiving yards, and 11 touchdowns at Georgia last year. He ranked 21st in yards after contact per attempt and 15th in yards per route run. This is a guy that has uh, that has good speed, 4'4", speed. I, I think at the very least, you're looking at a, at a change of pace back here is likely going to be uh, the pass catching back here in this backfield. We know the Bills have kind of been searching for this. They tried to sign J.D. McKissick, and then when that didn't go through, they ended up you know dra- drafting James Cook. And listen, I mean, it, it really wouldn't take much for them for him to usurp uh, Devin Singletary as the, as the starting running back. But I think at the very least, he's definitely going to be the pass catching back. He's a much better pass catcher, certainly a weapon. I could see them you know moving him all around the formation, using him out of the slot, and just doing a lot of creative things with James Cook. So let's keep it moving here. Naheem Hines, RB44, 124th overall. This is much more of a PPR situation situation here with him but he did have 57 targets last year 11th in yards per out run he, had, he, he played 31 percent of the snaps 11.4 percent target share with a 3.31 yards created per touch listen i you know we, we kind of talked about it in other videos especially like the michael pittman one you know i just dropped a few days ago but with that you know i i think that this offense is going to be more pass heavy than what it was last year last year this was the third most uh, heaviest run offense last year which had to do, do a lot with you know naheem hines not getting as many opportunities but still the fact that he had 57 targets last year but there's just not a lot of target competition here in this offense you know it's michael pittman and Michael Pittman, you know, I like Paris Campbell. I think he could possibly break out. Maybe he's on a video that I do for undervalued wide receivers. But but right now, I mean, he's never been able to stay healthy. We just don't really know what to expect. For past that, it's Alec Pierce. There's just not a lot of weapons here in this backfield. So if this offense is going to be a little bit uh, pass heavy, you know, listen, I'm not projecting that they're going to be some sort of like top 10 passing offense this year. It's just not going to be the case. But I think they could get some more maybe in that 15 to 18, 20 range, somewhere right around there. And that's still a pretty big bump for them. And I think that, you know, a lot of those targets would go to somebody like Naheem Hines. I, I like Naheem Hines. They've talked utilizing him more as a pass catcher. Uh, he's always been very reliable. Played in seven, one of the few running backs that played in 17 games last year. So next up, we have Damian Pierce. Now, listen, I usually don't feel great about targeting a Texans running back, but uh, he's currently going off the board at RB 47, 142nd overall. There's been a lot of buzz around around Damian Pierce. Damian Pierce, he looks like the best running back in the backfield. Not really surprising when you consider they have Rex Burkhead, Marlon Mack coming off, you know, the Achilles injury year two of that. But you know, this is he's 5'10, 218. He was 35th in yards after contact per attempt and 10th in yards per route run. He had limited usage at Florida. That is not an indication of how good he was. The dude absolutely crushed the senior bowl. I, I really like taking shots on Damian Pierce. Uh, this offensive line should be a little bit better than what it was last year. Obviously, this offensive line was trash last year, but they did add Kenyon Green in the first round of the draft. Likely going to be their starting left guard next to Laramie Tunsil uh, to go alongside you know uh, Titus Howard on the right side of this offense. I think this offense could be a little bit better than what it was last year. We'll see what Davis Mills looks like. Pretty strong showing he showed last year, considering a player that nobody expected anything from. And so... You know, listen, I know this is an exciting offense. I typically don't like tar- targeting running backs and bad offenses, but Damian Pierce, I, I think, could be somebody that really uh, takes away this starting running back job. And listen, volume is king in fantasy football. You know, he, he may not have a ton of scoring opportunities, but, you know, if this guy could get you, you know, 12, 13, 14 fantasy points per game, we'll take that, especially at RB47, 142nd overall. So definitely should be looking at taking something like Damian Pierce. Next up, we have Isaiah Spiller, RB48, 143rd overall. Uh, he was a fourth-round pick out of Texas A&M. Uh, one, one thing that really made him drop in this draft is his athleticism, a 4.6940 at 113.1 burst score, just 24th percentile. He did have a, uh, over 1,000 rushing yards last year with 25 receptions for 189 receiving yards. He did also have 20-plus receptions all three years uh, as a starter there, but 
Uh, he right now he looks kind of locked in as the RB two in this back. It's something they've been absolutely searching for to kind of you know be able to balance with Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler was a player that only had 13 carries per game last year, so uh, obviously he's not going to eat into Austin Eckler's pass catching work. But I think he could be somebody that really takes away some of these goal line and red zone opportunities that Austin Eckler saw last year. 63 red zone touches and 10 goal line carries for Austin Eckler last year. I think you could see something like Isaiah Spiller take over some of this stuff. They've been searching for this. That's why they took Joshua Kelly and Larry Roundtree. Isaiah Spiller is better than both of those guys. So I'm actually really shocked that he hasn't moved up the draft board yet. He's not somebody that's going, you know, as a top 40 running back yet. Kind of surprising. If this this holds, I will be all about taking Isaiah Spiller at cost. Next up, Kenneth Gainwell, RB49, 159th overall. He had 50 targets last year, which was 24th most all running backs, 291 rushing yards, 253 receiving yards, six touchdowns, 11.3% target share. And he was also sixth in yards per out run and over the 3.37 yards credit per touch. Listen, if you don't like taking Miles Sanders, which, you know, there's been a lot of negativity around Miles Sanders uh, this year. And, you know, with the, he's been running with the twos and everything else. But Kenneth Gainwell, I think at RB49, 159th overall, I think he's definitely locked in as a pass catching running back here in this backfield. And like I said, he saw 50 targets last year. And, you know, that that's pretty impressive considering everything else. So I think Kenneth Gainwell is somebody that I would be looking to take. He's been mixing in with the ones, getting goal line reps, uh, you know, here in camp. You know, he did have goal line opportunities last year. I believe he had two uh, goal line carries last year. Not a ton, but still. Um, so Kenneth Gainwell is a guy that, you know, in PPR formats, another guy that I, you know, I would like to take a shot on if I'm looking to take running backs late. Next up, another running back and a bad offense, but here we are. Tyler Algier, RB54, 161st overall. Uh, 162nd overall right now. He was a fifth-round pick, had 1,600 rushing yards, 23 touchdowns, and 28 receptions out of BYU last year. And he had some of the best efficiency numbers of, of all rookie running backs uh, over the past couple of years, really. Uh, last year, he was sixth in missed tackles, fours per attempt, 12th in carries of 15-plus yards, and 10th in yards after contact per attempt. And, you know, right now, I mean, this is kind of another situation where he's just kind of in an open backfield. I mean, Yes, uh, Cordell Patterson will get some work as a running back, but he's not going to be a guy that's going to that's going to handle the full workload here. Then you have other guys like Damian Williams, who's thirty plus years old, Avery Williams, and Quadre Olison. Like, there's already been buzz that surrounding uh, Algier that, that if he can continue to you know impress and camp and do well in preseason, that he could be the guy that kind of is that that, that they're kind of lead back, right? Kind of hope maybe be the guy that they were hoping Mike Davis would be. I mean, Tyler Algier is a big dude, and I mean runs very violently. Tyler Algier was a guy that I loved coming out, you know, pre-draft. And so this landing spot with Atlanta, yes, it's not a great offense. This offensive line has some good pieces, but, you know, uh, you know, this offensive line was still really, really bad. But but having somebody like Marcus Mariota, who, you know, when you have a quarterback with this Konami code that, that kind of frees the defense and what they're going to do, kind of can open up some running lanes for, for somebody like Tyler Algier. So if you're taking what are taking a shot on a running back, RB54, 162nd overall, that has, that, that has I mean, again, it could be a guy that has kind of low-end RB2, RB3 upside if he's able to secure this running back role. So last but not least, we have Khalil Herbert. I don't get why he's going off the board at RB62, 209th overall. It doesn't make any sense. He has been getting rave reviews in camp, uh, I, and it really seems like this is going to be much more of a committee than people are expecting. People are drafting David Montgomery with an expectation that he is going to be the guy like he has been in years past. We have to remember, this is a completely different offense with a completely different offensive coordinator, completely different head coach. Like They have no allegiance whatsoever to David Montgomery. He's in a contract year as well. 
And so, and really, to be quite honest with you, Clear Herbert is a great fit for Luke Getzey's outside zone scheme. And so, I think Clear Herbert is going to be much more involved in this running game than people are expecting. He played very well last year in a short sample size. You know, he he and he played pretty well against uh, some really tough matchups. Bucks, Packers, and San Francisco are three of the, uh, the hardest run defenses in the league, and he performed really well against those teams last year. They also have the easiest running back schedule in 2022, and so I like, I really, really love taking a shot on Khalil Herbert. I, I think he could be the pass-catching option here out of this backfield and, and mix in, you know, as, as a change-of-pace guy. But Khalil Herbert, just disrespectful at RB62, 209th overall. I mean, he's absolutely free right now, and he shouldn't be. Uh, that wraps up the top 10 guys that I'm definitely looking to come away with in every single draft. Uh, let's go ahead and wrap this up, and I'm just going to hit on a few guys really quickly that uh, that I think are some more like, I don't want to say kind of deep sleepers, but uh, you know, some guys that I think we should at least be paying attention to uh, monitoring through the next couple of weeks. And then even, you know, maybe these aren't guys you draft, but guys you should be keeping a close eye on, you know, once the season starts. Obviously, first up, we have Tyrion Davis-Price. You know, listen, I've talked about this. I still think he's the locked-in RB2 in this backfield, and I think he's going to be the change of pace back. We know in a San Francisco offense, things change very rapidly. If Elijah Mitchell goes down, who really struggled to stay healthy last year, I think it's TDP is going to be the guy. So uh, Brian Robinson, he's the kind of the RB3 right now in this backfield behind Antonio Gibson for the Commanders, as well as J.D. McKissick. But RB65, 216th overall, kind of like him is kind of, a, you know, if something were to happen to Antonio Gibson, Brian Robinson would step right into the lead back there. Uh, you know, we're not worried about J.D. McKissick being the, you know, the lead back or anything like that. He His role wouldn't change. But Brian Robinson could have some standalone value. I don't think it's going to be enough for it to really matter. But uh, he's not somebody I'd want to draft, somebody that I definitely, if something were to happen, he's definitely going to be a guy that's like a, a definitely a waiver wire priority. Next up, Zamir White played really well in the Hall of Fame game. Had 75 total yards in that game and 11 touches. But, you know, he's been somebody that, you know, has kind of got, gotten a lot of buzz this camp. RB66, 235th overall right now. Uh, he was drafted in the fourth round by the Raiders. And listen, there's not a lot of allegiance to the other running backs in this backfield. Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake. I mean, this is a new offensive system, new head coach with, with Josh McDaniels. And this is somebody they drafted, right? And he is definitely fits the bill as, as a true three-down workhorse. Really blazed at the at the combine. Really ran much faster than people expected. So if he continues to play like this, I'm not saying he's going to overtake Josh Jacobs. But, you know, I mean, I think he could give him some run for his money and make, make it more opportunities and more touch. Tyler Beatty, RB91, 290 overall. You know, Gus Edwards sounds like he's uh, very much could be a candidate for the pup. And if he is, I mean, J.K. Dobbins is coming off, you know, an injury. He did return to practice today, was activated off pup. So that is good news for J.K. Dobbins. But J.K. Dobbins is not going to get all the touches out of this backfield. And they drafted Tyler Beatty, uh, you know, this year, rookie out of Missouri, uh, played fantastic for Missouri last year in the SEC. Somebody that I, I thought could go a little bit higher is a little bit on the smaller side, 197, 5'8", 197 for him. I think that, you know, when we were talking about all the running backs in this backfield, you know, somebody that could play a, play a role here is the RB2. And, you know, I, we know that they like to cycle, you know, there's also a committee situation here. So Tyler Beatty could be a name to monitor that kind of surprises people early in the season until Gus Edwards gets back. Next up, Eno Benjamin. He is super interesting. RB93, 333 overall. But with Eno Benjamin, I mean, there's been a lot of some reports lately from uh, Cardinals beat writers that Eno Benjamin can actually play the Chase Edmonds role here in the 2020 Chase Edmonds role where he's kind of the third down change of pace back. And maybe James Conner doesn't get as much touch as we, as we think he does. Maybe James Conner's not the workhorse in this backfield. Yes, he's still going to lead the backfield in touches for sure, but maybe he's not going to be a guy that gets 80% of the opportunities. Maybe he only gets 65, 70% of the opportunities. And then somebody like Eno Benjamin comes in, pass catching work for sure. You know, and that could be that guy because all the all, all the other players they have is Keontae Ingram 
And then you have uh, Dame or Daryl Williams. But right now it sounds like Daryl Williams is uh, more of the, you know, in case something happened to James Conner, that he would step into that role. And then Eno Benjamin's role wouldn't change. So if he, in PPR formats, Eno Benjamin's kind of a, an interesting name that could end up being somebody that has kind of a standalone value because of, uh, you know, his pass catching work. Last up, uh, the last two I'm going to hit on really quickly, uh, Snoop Connor, RB97, 325th overall. Again, a name we should monitor, especially if James Robinson struggles. He, James Robinson did return to camp. Uh, you know, uh, recently. So that is good news, but he is somebody that's coming off a torn Achilles. So if he struggles at all, Stu Connor could be that guy that kind of pushes for, for, for some of those opportunities here in this backfield. So just a name to keep in mind. And then last but not least, we have Isaiah Pacheco. RB 109, 399th overall. Listen, he's not being drafted. He's absolutely free. But he has been getting a ton of buzz out of Kansas City's camp right now. I mean, it's just been day after day, the drumbeat gets louder and louder for Isaiah Pacheco. And to be honest with you, Isaiah Pacheco is, um, you know, it's kind of an interesting name and somebody that I kind of feel like he's going to make the 53-man roster here. At first, I, I, I didn't really think it was as much of a shot at it. But right now, I mean, he is getting so much opportunities in his back. I mean, this is, he is more than capable of being a, a lead running back here. This is a guy that's 5'10", 216. This isn't, you know, a small little back. I've seen people talk about like, oh, this is the Darwin Thompson situation all over again, if you remember that. No, Darwin Thompson was some little tiny running back that had no business even even you know even being talked about as like a lead back, right? Isaiah Pacheco's is 5'10, 216 with 437 speed. This is a completely different situation here and a terrific pass catcher out of the back. They've been putting him all over on this offense. He's been playing the slide, he's played on the outside, uh been doing a ton of pass catching work for them, getting a, a lot of reps with the ones. And it's kind of interesting because Ronald Jones has been running with the twos almost exclusively. And so, yes, he's gotten some run with the ones, but it's basically been CEH and then has been Isaiah Pacheco checking in here, um, you know, and getting and getting those reps with the ones. I think it's possible. I'm not I think it's possible. I'm not saying likely, but I think it's possible that Ronald Jones gets cut. Ronald Jones only owed seven hundred fifty thousand dollars this year. They don't owe anything to Ronald Jones. So it's, it's not crazy to think that because CEH and Ronald Jones are kind of a redundant asset. Neither one of them are great at pass protection. Ronald Jones is just an absolute liability as, you know, in the passing game. And so to be just, not just a between-the-tackles grinder. And so if Ronald Jones doesn't work out, Isaiah Pacheco could end up being the number two running back here in this backfield. But Isaiah Pacheco is definitely a name that you should be monitoring. And I, he's a guy that, especially if you start, if you don't, if you draft like right before the season starts, we're obviously going to know, you know, probably the 53-man roster by then. And if I, Isaiah Pacheco makes the 53-man roster, I'm taking a shot. On, I'm going to be taking some shots on Isaiah Pacheco because the, the absolute ceiling is definitely there for him. So I appreciate everybody checking out the video. Be sure to hit that like and subscribe button for future content. We will catch you on the next one. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.